I just want to like introduce myself a little bit in case I have never met you. My name is Nicole. I'm the kids pastor. Um, a little fun fact about me. I have a twin, um, but she doesn't look anything like me. She's like really tall. Uh, I'm 4'11", by the way. Um, and so sometimes like I never really see myself as 4'11", like unless I'm standing next to Judah. Does anybody know Judah? He's like... 6'9 or something like that. And, but most of the time I don't feel my height, like unless I'm trying to reach the second shelf, you know, then I'm like, oh, I, I am pretty short. Um, but I, I kind of think of myself as like a chihuahua sometimes because like they're pretty fierce. They just do not know how big they are, like how little they are. They just, they just think they're like all that. And I don't know if you've ever seen a chihuahua like try to fight somebody, but they will like, just full on, go at them. And that's how I feel sometimes. Like, just, I don't think I'm that small or whatever. And sometimes I can have, like, a, a big attitude for a small person uh, in, a, in a good way. <laughs> but um, the Lord, like, had to humble me one time and just kind of, like, you know, has the Lord ever humbled you, brought you back around? Just, you had a little bit of pride, maybe, the Lord. Yeah, that, that feels really good, huh, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but one time the Lord gave me this picture. Okay, so I'm, I'm a pretty, like, uh, maybe a strong-willed person. Like, I, I don't understand people that won't talk to a waiter if they get the wrong order. Like, it's their job to, like, help you. Like, I'm not that type of person. So I'm like, I'm, like, I'm just going to, like, do what needs to happen. And the Lord one time humbled me, and he gave me this picture of myself. And I, I never thought the Lord would speak to me in this way. Um, but he gave me a picture of myself as Shrek. I don't, I don't know if any of you have seen Shrek, but he's not a pretty little 4'11 woman. <laughs> he's a big, fat ogre. And the Lord gave me this picture where I was like Shrek. And I, I'm like, I, I have a mission. I'm trying to get across this field as Shrek. And so I'm just like stomping through. I'm, I'm going through this field, and I'm going to get to the other end of this field. And the Lord came up to me, and he was like, whoa, 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 slow down, hold on here. And he, he like bent down and just picked up this little flower that my big gigantic ogre foot had mutilated because I just like stomped on that thing. And the Lord was like, you know, look at this too. Like, I know you're trying to get to your mission, Nicole, but like, this is my creation too. And the Lord was showing me that like, I had some relationships in my life, some friends that maybe I wasn't trying to hurt them in any kind of way. I was just trying to do what I needed to do. And in the, in the process of just trying to get there, I was kind of crushing them. <laughs> and, um, I don't really know why he had to show me that I was Shrek for that. But, um, <laughs> the reason I bring that up is that I, I really feel like this message is just on my heart and I'm going to try not to crush you while, while I tell you this message. Um, but something that Pastor Joe has said a couple of times is that it's for me before it's for any of you. And that's, like, very accurate because I, I actually didn't feel really qualified to speak about this because I was like, you know, that's that's kind of something that I just recently went through. And I've heard some ministers say that, like, they try to go through something for a little while, you know, and like really process it, get good with the Lord before they speak on it. 
And so I was like, Lord, are you sure? Like, this is pretty, pretty recent. Um, and just the thing is, like, this is something that you are all going to face at some point in your life. And it's something that isn't just like a one-time occurrence and then you never have to deal with it again. This is something that you're, you're going to encounter a couple of times. So even though it's something that I just recently went through and I know that the Lord has been healing me on it and I've gotten some healing, it, it's going to come up again. And basically just what I'm going to talk about tonight is tenacity. Um, and I'll explain the definition of that if that's a new word for you. Um, so I want everybody to turn in their Bibles with me to Matthew 7. 24 through 27. I'm going to read out of the NLT. Okay, are you there? Say amen if you're there. All right. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and start. So Matthew 7, 24 through 27 in the NLT says, anyone who listens to my teaching, this is Jesus talking, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, I don't know if that's how you say that word, I think it is, and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So tenacity, I believe a tenacious person is someone who will believe God's word over their circumstances and over their feelings. So tenacity, uh, this is just the actual, uh, I, I don't know, Webster dictionary. I don't know. This is just the definition of it. Uh, the quality or fact of being able to grip something firmly, to grip, the quality or fact of being very determined, determination, and the quality or fact of continuing to exist, persistence. So I think of a couple of pictures when I think of that word tenacity. Okay, so one of them, being able to grip, I think of who in here has a baby or has ever had a baby? <laughs> Daniel, not you. Um, okay, ha have, has your baby ever gotten something that they're not supposed to have? I don't know what it is about little babies. Oh, yeah, the hair. They love my hair. They will grab my hair and hold on for dear life. I don't know what it is about little babies. They're, they're tiny. They shouldn't have that strong of a grip. But when they have something they shouldn't have, it is like the fight of your life to try to get earrings. Did you say earrings? Yeah, it's the fight of your life to try to get Get their little tiny hands open. Um, and something else I think of is like a weed. Have you ever been trying to like kill a weed? And it just won't work, no matter what you do. We used to have like this thing. I, I don't even know if they still make these, but like it was this thing that you just poked in the ground. And, or I think it went in like this, and then it clamps and you twist it. And then sometimes they still just keep growing up after that. And it's like that is tenacity. Um, and I, I just want all of you to know that you are a tenacious person. It is literally on the inside of you to believe God's word without doubting. You're, you're a believer. You're a child of God. It is within you to believe God's word without doubting. And that's easy for us to say, 
Like, oh yeah, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm not going to doubt God's word. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys tonight um, that it's about believing God's word before it becomes hard and having that determination before it becomes hard. So um, you prepare for times of war and times of peace. Has, is anybody here like on the Woodland Park community page? Yeah? Man, that, that page cracks me up. If you want some good entertainment, just go to the Woodland Park community page. People can argue about anything. I've never seen a post that was posted on that page without somebody arguing on it. I think it's hilarious. Um, but last, last night, I think it was, or somebody posted recently that they heard um, like an airplane like in the middle of the night or like at 11 p.m. or something. And I think I remember it because I was thinking like, what is happening? Is somebody driving down my street or something? What's going on? And so somebody posted about it, and people were just blowing up in the comments, arguing, and, you know, some people were like, that's our freedom. That's the sound of our freedom. And some people were like, I'd rather die and get a good night's sleep. Good night's sleep. And, like, it was hilarious. But that was, like, they needed to prepare for war in times of peace. That was the military practicing their uh, night, night missions, says Brian Longton. Um, and, and so, like, people can get upset about preparing for war in times of peace, but Jesus himself said, in this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So it's, it's kind of a promise that you're going to come to times where it's not all easy. And um, it's about determining beforehand, before you get to a nasty situation, that you're going to believe God's word no matter what happens and no matter how you feel. Um, so I know this lady. Um, she's just amazing. And she was telling me, you know, how she will, like, t or when she raised her kids, she would, like, tell them before they went out to any kind of event, function, anything, a party or anything, she would be like, okay, so what, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Who are you going to hang out with? And you're going to make these decisions before you go. Every time. You're going to make these decisions before you go. Because once you get there, it's going to be less tempting to maybe not do that or not go there, not talk to those people or say whatever you want to say because you've already made the decision in your heart. And then she was like, I do that with menus. I'm getting a salad before I enter the restaurant. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. But it really is about like, Deciding before you get there what you're going to do. Before you get to the trial or the tribulation, what are you going to believe? It's really easy to believe God's word when life is fantastic. And then, like, you get to, like, a really bad situation, and you're like, that's not what that verse, that verse says is supposed to happen. Like, that's not what I thought was supposed to happen. Um, and... That kind of, like, happened to me. So, okay, can I be, like, pretty pretty vulnerable with you guys? I think uh, Pastor Rick. Is it Pastor Rick or Pastor Greg? One of them says, like, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up my heart to you, and I'm going to be vulnerable, and then I'm going to close it. Rick McFarlane, because I don't know all of you. So I'm going to do that, okay? I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself here. So um, if we want to go to Psalm 33... In the NLT, Psalm 33, 4, 
is the first verse we'll read, and then we'll skip to the end a little bit. Psalm 33, 4 says, For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. And then we're going to skip down to 13. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts, so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He's our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. So a little something else about me, for those of you who don't know, my dad passed away recently in September. And like, I have always believed God's word with my whole heart. I, I got saved when I was like four, four years old. And then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 12 or 13. And I have never had a, a, a hard time believing God's word. Like pretty much ever. Just like whatever it said is true. And I read this verse a few weeks or a month or so after my dad died. And I was like, that, like, I, I repent of this. But I literally read it and said out loud, that is not true. Because it says right here uh, in verse 19, he rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. And it really did not make sense to me that my dad was like a God-fearing man and I'm a God-fearing woman and I believed for him to be healed and I prayed for him and he still died. That is by far the hardest time I believe to, to look at the word of God and be like, oh yeah, that's, that's true, that's always right, that's always true. But I said in my heart, I was like, immediately after I said the words, that is not true, I said, God, I know it's true in my head, but my heart and my eyes, they're having a really hard time believing your word right now. Please help me. Please help me to believe your word. Help me to see that it's true. And do you know what God said? He wasn't like, oh, you of little faith. You know, read your Bible again. <laughs> he, he, it's a journey. He was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right here with you. I'm going to help you. Um, and you know what's a healthy relationship with God? Telling him the truth. Trying to hide it from God and be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I believe you, God, I believe you, I, I, I know it's right, I know it's true. You know, if you're raised in church especially, you know it's true. You've seen it time and time again, it comes to pass. But like, like it's mostly just here sometimes, and, and, it, and it's really hard to, to be here too, and you just need to communicate to God, like, I'm having a hard time, Lord. I know it's right, and I want help. Will you help me? 
Sometimes the best prayer you can pray is help. Help. He desires to help you. And so you know what's a healthy relationship is, is um, okay, so take, take this example. Okay, say there's like a husband and a wife, and they're having, you know, whatever. The wife comes to the husband and is like, I just think you're a liar, and I hate you, and I don't trust you. And then she walks out of the room and doesn't give him a, a chance to like, I don't know, explain himself or anything like that. But you know what's a healthy relationship is like, say the wife comes to him and says, like, I, I'm, I saw you say this, but then you said that, and they contradict, and I'm, I just need some help understanding. Would you help me to understand, like, what's happening? What's going on? What did you mean when you said this? And, like, then being quiet and letting him respond. Letting somebody respond is a healthy relationship and, and not, like, name-calling and just being like, hey, I just need some help. Like, can you help me to see it from your point of view? God? Okay, just... God has a better perspective than you. Okay, the word says that your life is like a puff of air. <sighs> That's you. Okay, God was here from before the earth began, and he'll be here way after the earth is obliterated. Okay, he sees everything from a heavenly perspective. He's going to help you understand his perspective when you ask him and give him room to show you. So, um, another, another story to consider is Mark 9, 20 through 27. And I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. So you can turn to that Mark 9, 20 through 27. It says, then they brought him to him. So this is about the, this is about the, the son who's, um, he has a deaf and dumb spirit, and the father brings him to Jesus. And it says, then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, so when the son saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Pleasant. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. In the NLT, it says, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit... <laughs> Cutie pie. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. That is awesome! Has anybody seen The Incredibles? When, like, 
the, the dad like lifts up the car and the kid's just sitting there on the tricycle. He's like, that was totally wicked. That's how I feel with like most of the Bible. Um, so another story of Jesus helping somebody when they cried out in unbelief, help me, help me, was, um, you guys remember our good friend Peter, who we all make fun of because he had some problems? Well, Peter decided to do what none of the others decided to do and literally walk on water. Okay, let's not give him too much of a hard time. Peter, he literally, he was like, Jesus, is that you? And Jesus was like, come on, come see. And Peter, he was like, I believe you, God, with my whole life. I'm going to place my entire life in trusting in you and in believing in you. And he, he took that step. He literally put his entire life out on those waves. And then he was like, oh, that wave looks a lot bigger when I'm not inside of the boat. And so, and so we do this as just as Christians. We decide like, oh, yeah, I believe God with my entire life. I believe him with everything I am. I'm going to move out to Bible college. God's telling me to come out to Bible college. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out there. And then you get here, and then you're like, I don't have a house. I don't have a car. I have no money. Where am I going to live? Where am I going to shower? What am I going to eat? And those waves start to look real big once you're all the way out on the water, don't they? But what happened to Peter? He started to sink. The Bible says he began to sink. I love this. Pastor Joe said one time, you don't begin to sink. Like, if has anybody ever fallen out of a boat? You just sink. Like, you don't begin. You don't start. It just, boom, you're, you're under. But the Bible says Peter began to sink. And he had time to cry out, help me. Jesus took him by the hand and raised him back up. And then he rebuked him for his unbelief. <laughs> but Jesus is never going to watch somebody start to drown and say, well, you should have just believed me. That's, that's a shame. I just wish you believed me. He's going to pull you up when you need help. The Bible says he exalts those who are humble. Humility is asking for help and telling God, I I don't believe it fully. I want to. I know you told me, and I know you're always right, and you don't lie. I'm just having some trouble right now. And you have already determined in your heart that beforehand, you will believe God. And I'm not trying to encourage a place of doubt. That's not what I'm trying to do. You have to take baby steps sometimes. But you never want to stay in a place of doubt where you're like, ah, I just don't believe God. That's what happened to Eve. Okay, we know how that turned out. Eve did not believe everything that God said, and she was having a hard time. And instead of saying, hey, God, there's this snake, and, and I, I don't know, he's telling me that I can't eat from that tree. She didn't talk to God at all. She just was like, oh, okay, that looks good. I'm going to try it. And what was the fruit of it? Separation from God. Unbelief. If you continue down that path, the fruit of unbelief is separation from God. The thing that'll get you into hell right away when you die is not all the sin you committed. It's your unbelief. 
It's choosing, I do not believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That is what separates you from God. So I'm not by any means trying to condone unbelief. I'm saying that you're going to choose beforehand. I will believe God through everything that I'm going through. But, like, when I'm having a hard time, I'm going to ask the Lord for some help. Um, so I'm just going to finish up with a couple of examples. So uh, I'm just going to read these to you. But how about when God said that the lowliest man of the lowliest clan, that rhymes, would conquer an army with only 300 men? Did Gideon believe without failure? Not really. I mean, he asked for sign after sign. How about when God called a murderer who couldn't speak straight to lead a million people out of slavery? Did Moses believe God right away? No. I, I stutter, he said. Send my brother to help me. How about when God told a hundred-year-old man that him and his wife would have a baby and create more generations than the stars? Did Abraham believe right away? No. His wife literally laughed at God. How about when God prophesied in Genesis that there would be one who would come to crush the serpent's head and all of creation waited in longing for so, so long? Did they believe right away? Did it look how they expected and in the timeline that they expected? How about when a man who followed Jesus knew him for years and was foretold of his death and resurrection and still had to touch his hands and his side? Did Thomas believe right away? No. And this is the last one. But how about when God spoke to you as a child, a teenager, a young adult, a middle-aged person, or an elderly person about the call that he placed on your life? Did you always believe with unwavering faith? Typically, the answer is no, because we're human. Sometimes we look at the circumstances or look to our feelings. Do I feel qualified? Do I feel like I can do that? But God gives grace anyway. He gives grace to the humble. So when you cry out for help, he will help you. Can everybody just say this with me? I will believe God's word over my circumstances and feelings. It's like kids' church. God is near to the brokenhearted. And I heard that verse quoted so many times when my dad died. And I'm, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to open my heart and be a little vulnerable. And then I'm going to close it again. Because I don't know all of you, like Pastor Rick says. But I literally never felt like farther from God than when my dad died. Because I was believing God and... What I was believing God would do, he didn't do. And, like, people kept telling me time and time again, like, just believe God. He's, he's there with you. He's near to the brokenhearted. And I was like, I know in my head that he literally lives on the inside of me. So he is near, but I just don't feel it. And I, I, I just had to get to the place where I told God exactly what I told him when I read those verses earlier God, I need your help because I know it's true. But I need your help to see it right now. And then I was quiet. And I just let him answer me. And he began to show me, like, all these visions of, like, him so near to me that we are literally one. one. 
like as the body of Christ, we are the bride of Christ. We are one with him. And he began to show me that. And it's because I was, I was vulnerable with him and I told him I need help and he showed me. He was like, okay, here we go. Here's how this is going to work. We are one. I'm right here for you. Um, and so the last um, thing that I want to say is just that you can, you can also be honest with others. It's not ever wise to isolate like, especially if you're having a hard time um, emotionally or just in your circumstances, it's it's not wise to isolate at all. Um, and I, I just want to give you guys, as the body of Christ, permission, in case you've never been told before, you have permission to pull one another up when you see somebody struggling. It's okay to say, hey, I, I want to pray for you. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, have you heard this verse? I think it would really encourage you. And exhort one another and edify one another and build one another up. And I'm going to read Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. You remember those two stories we talked about? Peter on the waves? Reach out and help. And the man who is like dead, the, the, the son who was possessed, what did Jesus do? He reached out and picked him back up. And so sometimes when we, when we have a hard time believing God because of our circumstances or our feelings, it's okay to say, hey, I need somebody to reach out to me and help me. Can you just remind me the word of God? Can you stand with me? Can you believe with me that we are going to see it happen? Even though I've been praying about this thing for a really long time and I'm not seeing it. Or even though the thing I did pray for didn't happen. Can you, can you stand with me? And we're going to believe God. And if you hear me speaking in unbelief, can you, can you help me to speak in belief? And Pastor Joe and Tessa are an incredible example of this. Because I, I know that sometimes Pastor Joe on stage will be like, He'll, he'll just read a verse, and then he'll be like, do you believe that? <laughs> and man, they do that in person, too, when you least expect it. You know, you're, you're saying something you maybe shouldn't be saying, and, and he'll just be like, this is what God says. Do you believe that? You're like, yeah. Yeah, I do. And it just it's good to have somebody there who loves you enough to just be like, hey, Hey, let's look back at what God's word says. Let's keep believing him. Let's be tenacious and firmly grip the word of God and not let it go. Just because you have a bad circumstance or your feelings are telling you, your feelings are telling you God's a liar. That is so wrong. Just go back and look at the word and have people there to pull you up. And I'm going to read these um, two verses. So Psalm 33 Four, we're going to return to that one. It says, For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. <laughs> <laughs>